stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's associate stock strategist, Dan LeBeau, to talk about millennials, the stock market mania, what's going on with those tech stocks, the craziness that's out there. Now, I asked Dan to join because he is a millennial, and I thought he might be able to give us some insights on what's going on with the younger millennials. Now, remember, the millennials are aged about 22 or 23, give or take a year in there, to about 40 years old. So they are somewhat separated by a lot of uh, economists now into old millennials and younger millennials. I guess younger is under age 30 now. Anyone over age 30 remembers and was like an adult during the Great Recession. So I guess that's where the cutoff is there. But we had a big exciting event recently with Apple and Tesla both splitting their shares. They split them on August 31st. And then there was a frenzy to buy and various of the brokerages, their apps all crashed when this was going on. Robinhood was down, Schwab was down, Vanguard, I heard, was down. They all got back up, but it was crazy. And Tesla ended up the day of the split up 12%. Apple was up another 3% on the day of the split. And Dan, it's it seems like every day there's like more craziness, more new all-time highs in the FANG stocks in Tesla, Microsoft, any of the high growth names, even in retail, like Lululemon is hitting new highs. And a lot of it seems to be driven by you and your friends. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's honestly crazy how much momentum we have behind these stocks. Yeah. And it's a lot of these new pandemic traders, I like to call them, these people who got in at the, you know, the last five months or so and have seen only upward returns. So they have this mindset right now that stocks can only go up. And it's right. it's 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 almost a dangerous mindset, but it's a mindset that's that's driving the markets, it feels like. I mean, obviously the split yesterday didn't change the intrinsic value of the stock, but people are seeing it as cheaper. You know, Tesla's back at four hundred dollars a share. Let's get in. And I mean obviously right. the option options are less expensive, so those are more attractive. And you know, it's it's just it's it's crazy. It, it doesn't make any sense. You know, Apple, Apple's surge is is a different story. I think there's not. I mean, there's more to Apple's story. I think than to Tesla's. Tesla's story seems like, you know, a bunch of fanboys getting into this, not really understanding the true valuation. Because this stock is right now trading at twice as much as as Toyota as far as market cap goes, and they just built their millionth car earlier this year. You know, Toyota builds more than 10 million cars annually yeah. and it's it's just crazy i mean this company they're pricing in the world dominance in the automotive industry for tesla and they only have you know maybe a two percent share in their own country the u.s right. um so it's, the argument i always hear this about tesla it's not a car company it's a tech company so i'm buying it for the technology that they're creating and not the actual car so are we buying? Are we buying the battery? Like what? What, what are we buying here? If we're not they buying yet. Use this argument on, on me, and I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they have you know a lot of patents on certain technologies and whatnot that are are going to change the world. Apparently. Yeah, I mean it's already. I mean, <laughs> I guess there's 
there's two sides of the story. I've, I've heard people saying, you know, the $7,000 price target, obviously, before the split, um, with, you know, all the arguments you had, all their, you know, proprietary, um, the patents that they have out there. But at the end of the day, it is an EV company, and it will continue to be an EV company. But people are, are betting on the Elon Musk. You know, I, I don't know if you've, you've heard of Wall Street bets, um, but <laughs> they call him Daddy, Daddy Elon Daddy huh? Musk, because uh, he's just he's driven so much returns for these uh, overzealous traders that have just bought bought ridiculous OTM options on these uh, on these shares and just made an outrageous amount of money. And it's it's just it's, it's crazy to see, especially in an environment where, you know, algos are driving the trade and people are wondering how can these retail investors have so much, you know, clout, you could say, in the markets. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of these algo trades are are based off of order flows. And when you have, you know, tens of thousands of contracts being written for Tesla on like, you know, a 10 to 20 percent out OTM, um, these these algos are going to buy it up. And it's kind of a chain reaction. Have you have you have you looked into much of this algo trading and how it's impacted yeah. the retail investing? No, not at all. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. It's the it's a domino effects. People are yeah, like I was saying, people are saying that you know retail investors don't really have a lot of pull because they're they're so small compared to these institutions. But these institutions are queuing themselves off of the retail investors. Yeah. So is this mostly just trading that's going on? How much actual investing is going on? Yeah, yeah, I say investing, but you're right. It is, it is a lot of trading. Okay. My roommates, my roommates right now, like they're, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think a lot of it has to do with boredom in this, in this, you know, stay-at-home yeah. pandemic situation. People are getting a lot more interested in, I mean, especially after the huge boom we've seen in the stock market. Obviously, people are like, let's see if we can, we can find opportunity for ourselves, and. They're they're getting their cues off of Wall Street bets. Just people saying buy this stock, buy that stock, and if they get enough people behind it, I mean, Wall Street bets has two million followers. This is a Reddit a subreddit account, and they get two million followers. They can get you know a hundred thousand people to follow them into this one option. They're going to move the market. Yeah. Okay, so that's where they're getting a lot of their trading information is off of various Reddit accounts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's there's other things too, like you know, there's a lot of different um, blogs and whatnot and trading view ups. Or I'm sure you've seen and um, stock twits. Obviously, you're uh, a big uh, contributor to stock twits. I I'm I've heard right. Yeah. Yeah, I like stock twits. It has a lot of good information over there. Mm-hmm. But Wall, Wall Street bets is is exactly what it sounds like. It's it's people wanting to get rich quick, and you see both, you know, the huge upsides and the huge downsides. Like you see people going from fifty thousand to a million dollars in a matter of a couple of weeks. But then you also see people going from one hundred and fifty thousand to zero. You know, people people are are gambling in this in this site, and they're and they're you know they're touting both of those. How many people are doing things like, you know, quitting jobs or whatever just to trade? Are there any? Have you heard of any of your friends I, doing stuff like that? I have not met anybody that is that risky. Okay. Um, but, you know, th- there are those people who 
who think that they know what's going on in the markets and they follow people like, you know, Dave Portnoy. That's another one. And Dave Portnoy, I feel like, is the epitome of this uh, this pandemic trader. He does he does admit that he knows nothing and he has all these disclosures, but people are following him into positions. You know, he's got hundreds of thousands of views on a lot of these uh, a lot of these podcasts he does. And it's it's crazy. He could he can move markets for a lot of these biotech penny stocks that he invests in. And I honestly think this, there's a little bit of market manipulation involved there, but you know, it's uh, he has all the all the disclosures to get away with it. What about the fangs? What what is the other than Apple, which we kind of just glossed over about them splitting their shares? Are they are a lot of the millennial traders? out of the fangs because of the price points there you know amazon's almost what thirty five hundred dollars now and you know that makes it harder to mess around in but do they see fang as having like the same coolness factor as like the teslas or is it kind of seen as older and stodgy and oh who cares about alphabet well, I actually think that a lot of millennials see FANG as not much of a trading opportunity, but an investing opportunity. Oh. Um, so a lot of the portfolios that I've seen, people aren't trading FANG. They're, they're buying it long term. Um, and, you know, with the with the fractional shares you can invest in nowadays, you can buy Amazon. You can only you can put like 100 bucks in Amazon with, you know, to Robinhood's fractional shares. So that's kind of changing the game of what these these small retail investors can and can't do. Okay. What else are they buying long term? Do you know? Do, do, does anyone say like what are the popular? Is it the semiconductors? Is it um, you know some of these hot retailers? Is it Peloton? Is it? I've some- seen a lot of Zoom and Peloton in portfolios. I'm apprehensive about those. Nvidia is a big one. I love Nvidia. I'm not sure about its current valuation, but you know, there's a lot of interesting picks. I think people are starting to shy away from Netflix a little bit more because of all the competition in the space. Okay. Um, AMD, that's a big one. People love AMD. A lot of the millennials are uh, investing in that long term as you know they surpass Intel and their uh, CPU components. Um, but if we take a look at AMD, they actually there is a reason why those shares are surging. Like there's. You know, there is some fundamentals behind that stock rally for them. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. that feels a little different to me than some of these others. And I took a look at NVIDIA um, just a recent bit ago because I was curious to see, like, what are the fundamentals doing for them? Now, we have it as a Zacks 4 sell for some reason. And even though all the earnings estimates are mostly higher, on on our estimates so i'm not sure why it's fallen to a four but um that'll change but their earnings growth is crazy like 56 percent this year and another 20 percent next year and they're old they're an old company by all like silicon valley they're not as old as intel but they're they've been around for quite a, a long time now they would be considered a mature company and to grow your earnings at 56 percent when you're that old is impressive so it's 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 this it's this pivot towards uh their their data center chips i mean the gpus are becoming so much faster than 
even AMD and, 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 and Intel CPUs, and they're becoming integral in the development of AI. And I mean, there's not much debating it. These these chips are going to be, you know, a crucial part of developing true AI. And right now, I mean, I think they're in eight out of the top 10 largest supercomputers in the world and in two thirds of the top 500 largest. And, you know, they're only going to be more essential as the technology continues to develop. So like, so back in the day, let me just give a little background information. The GPU is the graphics processing unit and it was used just for rendering images for gaming. Um, but they've gone past that. And, and now the, the, the technology is, is pushed more towards data centers. And actually the last quarter was the first time the data center revenue surpassed their, uh, their gaming revenue. So it's really, it's really showing that this company is headed in that direction. Yeah, that was really impressive. Um, okay, like getting out of tech, what about things like, you know, healthcare or any of those? You know, is there, are there any people really, you know, interested in trading any of those biotechs? Those used to be among the hotter stocks for people, you know, looking for big breakouts and all that. And I know some of the virus stocks have soared and have been heavily traded, like the Novavaxes of the world, Moderna. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My, my concern about all these vaccine companies is that once they do develop the vaccine, they're not going to be able to have proprietary possession of that, I don't think. I think the government's going to, I mean, if the government doesn't, society is going to tell them that they need to share this information with everybody. Right. And allow all of the all of the biotech companies to uh, to manufacture this, yeah. um, but I I haven't seen. I mean, obviously people are invested in you know Moderna and Gilead, but I honestly don't see the massive upside from this vaccine. Okay. Now we talked about Dave Portnoy briefly. Um, is he the investing hero of a lot of millennials, or you know what do they think of like Warren Buffett, who just turned ninety years old? Do they do they check in with him and see what he says? Do they not care? Do they say, oh, you know, he's so old, forget him? What's well, who is the investing hero? Is it Dave Portnoy? Uh, I hope it's not Dave Portnoy. Oh. I'll be honest, like <laughs> the guy, uh, I don't want to call him a fool, but he he's a gambler. You know, yeah. he's he's not he's not an investor. He's, he's not even a trader, barely. Right. He's a gambler, and you know he's he's been successful on some of his trades. You see him on CNBC talking about it, but you know he's he is he is a gambler, and that's kind of what this new pandemic trader is. And and they've been successful with it because the stock market's only gone one direction the last six months. Yeah. Um, but you know, as far as Warren Buffett goes, my opinion is Warren Buffett is sticking to his old value strategy, which is becoming archaic in some ways. He didn't do anything during the pandemic except sell out of some airlines. He bought into gold recently. Yesterday, I think I, I heard that he bought into five different uh, Japanese companies, including Mitsubishi. But he's 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 acting a little bit too slow. I think his his value investing strategy is is a thing of the past, and he can't keep up with these algos anymore. I mean, back in the '80s and '70s, and you know. You know, the last the last half century, he was able to take advantage of the slower markets. You know, he was able to find opportunity um, that that was there and, you know, profit off of it. And I think these algos are are seeing that 
that value trade way faster than he can and and jumping on top of it way faster than he can make a move and it's it's upsetting to see i mean i i've i've followed warren buffett you know for the last 20 years but i think he's really falling behind the curve because he's just too slow okay well we'll see that develops yeah exactly i mean yeah it's 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 right now right now we're in a growth like mania high right now and who knows how long this will last eventually we're gonna have to crack back down to reality but the low interest rate environment is 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 propelling this you know oh yeah but that's my next question what happens when we do have some kind of pullback we have to have at least a pullback three to five percent at some point we're gonna get at least that what happens to these pandemic traders when there is some some kind of significant you know and that's that's my biggest concern is like these guys are getting more and more confident every trade they make and as the stock market continues to rise they're going to bet more and more on you know far out of the money options higher risk and it's going to be concerning when things do actually turn around because it it could be you know a huge quick turnaround and there's going to be a lot of these guys caught on the wrong, wrong side of it um but you know, obviously, with the election looming, volatility for um, these presidential elections usually spikes between the, you know the three or four months beforehand yeah. going into the election, and I could see that as a catalyst for uh, for a pullback. Okay, yeah, definitely. There's a lot that goes on right around presidential elections. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so. But we should expect, you know, until there's some kind of pullback, that this kind of frenzy and interest in the stock market sounds like it's kind of here to stay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, once you get like, <laughs> once you get tuned into it, has been my experience from the 1990s boom. Um, it's a lot of fun, right? Like, and you're making money, and it seems mm-hmm. super easy, and you you stay interested for a mm-hmm. while. Like, especially if you continue to make the money. It just makes me, like, I'm I'm super, um, what's the word? I guess against the trend uh, is my is, is my thing. I I've been trading a lot of QQQ puts. I mean, I've been I've been doing all right with it based off of you know overbought and oversold indicators, but I can't I can't hold on to them because the market just keeps going up. So I'm I'm, I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to figure out when we're going to hit this peak. And this these last couple of weeks, you know, we're we're in pretty low volume trading weeks of the summer, you know, with Labor Day coming up next week. And retail investors actually have more pull these these last couple of weeks. And we're kind of sauntering up on all these different indices. Yeah. Um, but it's when real money comes back into play, you know, in the next couple of weeks that could um, that could catalyze something as well. OK. What about some of these other trades that are out there, like the gold-silver trade, um, even Bitcoin that's made a return? I've had some people attack me on Twitter because, I don't know, I'm not a big crypto fan at all because I feel like you can own stocks and do well. I don't need to mm-hmm. own Bitcoin. But um, I know that that has seen a resurgence what what about you know those other areas is there any interest in those or is it just purely these fang these growth stocks and that stuff no i mean obviously 
they're, they're talking about gold. They're talking about silver. My, my buddy had a silver uh, call the other day that blew up in his face. I'm not exactly sure what. I wasn't following it, but um, <laughs> let me see. Let me look at it right now. <laughs> it's funny because it's, it's up. He, he must have literally just bought it on the exact wrong day. But these, <clears throat> this commodity looks like it's had a lot of volatility because he was tra- trading um, SLVR. Okay. I think I'm looking at the day that he traded. He must have bought August 10th to August 12th. It dropped over 10%. But, you know, these commodities are, are subject to volatility. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I... They, your you know, friend is trading the ETF then. He was trading the ETF, yeah. S, SLVR. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, no. People are, people are doing it. But it just seems like my generation just wants to bet. And we have you know, the time frame to make our money back. And it seems like not a ton to lose. And obviously my friends personally aren't betting more than they can lose. Um, but it's, okay. it is, it does seem like they just, they just want to gamble. Right. And there's um, but, a lot of other ways to do it right now. Yeah. No, with, with sports down, you know, Yeah. is, is DraftKings back up again? Or is that, is that still, uh, wow. is that still down? I don't know. So I know because the um, NFL is still on track to to start its normal season. I know my, so. my buddies are all excited about fantasy. Yeah. Um, when, whether it lasts or not is a different story. Right. But, yeah, one, it'll be interesting to see once sports betting comes back into play, if a lot of these retail investors will, will exit their, uh, their risky option plays and just start gambling on sports, which, uh, you know. Which these guys uh, already enjoy doing in the in the first place. A yeah. lot of these a lot of these pandemic traders. Right. But as far as far as Bitcoin goes, you were talking about that. Um, it has seen a surge, and I'm I'm honestly so interested in what people's mindset is on that. It's like if this currency was to be the true currency of the realm, it, it would be worth like you know 50k for one one bitcoin and it's like you get to buy a cup of coffee for point zero 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 two like it's two two three six like it's just incomprehensible it's 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 too opaque for it to be a real currency yeah i i don't know i feel like people are just you know seeing it as like a gold substitute in some ways mm-hmm. i no, suppose nobody's walking around with their gold bars to pay for anything really right now <laughs> <laughs> no not yet at least not yet okay great okay well this has been an interesting discussion um because i did want to get a millennials you know viewpoint on what's been going on uh because i've had many millennials on the podcast over the last several years and i was always asking about like the robin hood app and all of you guys would be like, oh, yeah, some people are on there. But it was never like a thing until the pandemic, I feel. And now it's just simply caught on and everybody knows what it is. They're out there using it. Haven't their accounts? I think they, they added like 20 million accounts or something, right, Robinhood? Mm-hmm. And they were, at, sure they, they were at like eight or something beforehand. And now they're at 20 million. So that's huge. And that's a lot of people watching the stock market now which I'm excited about because, again, I feel like once you buy some stocks, even if you're just trading them and messing around, you get an interest in investing and what owning 
companies can be like, even, you know, for future use that you may actually invest for longer term later on than just the quick, the quick turnaround. But um, yeah, I think long term, this is a great thing. You know, market efficacy is important. I think for for anybody that wants to, you know, invest for their future, invest for their retirement. Yeah. And in even if they have to learn the hardware, they're going to learn one way or the other how the markets work. And it's 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 going to be an interesting journey moving forward. One of the things that people have a problem with with Robinhood is how easy it is and how much it makes it feel like a game opposed to actually investing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't they I've heard that they I'm not on it myself, but I've seen that they have reduced some of the gaming like aspects of it, the like, you know, little design parts of it that made it seem like, you know, woohoo, every time you bought something or like, you know, that's just what I've heard that they've reduced a little bit of that because of complaints. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like every time I buy into something, it gives me some confetti flying down. Okay. It's all excited <laughs> about it. It makes me excited, too. I'm like, wow, this is, this is awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens here when we finally do get a market correction with all these new investors slash traders in the markets. It, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, scarily, I do... Some of it makes me feel a little ominous about what happened in 2000 when, right. um, you know, a lot of new investors got in then and didn't have that long a time to really celebrate before it really got, you know, sold off hard. But and that, that, that split surge between with Tesla and Apple, I mean, makes it feel like we're topping. Well, that is what happened at the end of 1999, actually. Someone was tweeting around an article from December, late December, 1999, talking about how all the splits that had happened that month, including with like stocks that we're all still trading today, like Qualcomm and whatnot, they all split right at the end of 1999. And they said it was, it felt like it was a topping indicator. It was kind of obvious to read the article because <laughs> I had forgotten about the splits. I just remember everybody diving in right at the end. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't, Number that things were splitting right then. So, so yeah. And that's why I'm I'm so apprehensive about recommending any stocks to anybody. My buddy comes to me, he's like, "What stock should I invest in?" I'm putting five hundred dollars more into my Robinhood. I'm like, honestly, man, like, yeah. I'm I'm apprehensive to recommend anything. I'm not saying that this momentum drive isn't going to continue, but it's like I don't want you to buy the peak. Right. Right. Uh, I I would agree with that. I've I've gotten asked in the last couple of weeks too, like, oh, give me five stocks to buy right now, and I'm like, eh. well, a lot of the ones I like are really really stretched. And then if I tell them any of my good value plays that aren't stretched, they don't want to have those. <laughs> they don't want to be in those. I mean, like even oil, there's opportunity there, but it's it's like it's not the same growth that you're gonna see from Tesla or Zoom. You're not making, you know a thousand percent in a year it's right. it's a totally different type of play and people are interested in that now when they're seeing companies you know right. showing prolific parabolic gains right if if you could be in zoom why would you buy exxon yeah sense. speaking of zoom what do you what do you think about that i i was very i was surprised by how big their gains were yeah. especially after their security breaches that they had in the last couple quarters like yeah. enterprises are continuing to to use this 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 platform. 
Yeah, I feel, and from what I hear from friends, is that Zoom is just easier to use than a lot of the others, including like Google Meets and some of the other ones. It's just, mm -hmm. it's more user friendly and that they solve some of the, the security breaches by putting, you know, passwords and things you have to like use to sign in now. So they're not as concerned about about that aspect of it. So they did seem to solve that pretty quickly. But my question is how long does it last once there is a vaccine and you know everything starts to reopen and people can go back to school and back to their offices to some extent, not everybody's probably gonna go back, um, but a lot will and what's gonna happen then, I don't know. Exactly, so. I mean, it seems like they've gained as many customers as they can and yeah, once people go back to school, they're going to be using this way less for learning, obviously. Once people go back to work, they're not going to be doing Zoom meetings daily like they're doing now. They're going to be seeing each other in, in the office face-to-face. -face. Yeah. My buddy was saying that they have a messaging app, and that's the primary messaging application, which I didn't even know they, they had. Um, but, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to, to maintain their, their financials going into the, yeah. the vaccine. Yeah, they're trading at 60 times sales right now. That's just absurd <laughs> to me. Like, how how do you justify that? Well, I don't know. I cannot. So I'm I'm not in that one. Yeah, I mean, what, but if what, you what are, was it up today after, after earnings? It was like 35%. Yeah, but if you have been in it all this time, I, I don't know. I would still be in it. I would still be writing it. I get asked this question, too. Should I sell my FANG stocks? Yeah. And I feel like no. Not yeah, I'm not. I'm not selling anything. I mean, I'm bullish long run here. The Roaring Twenties. I think it's going to be a great decade for stocks. Um, okay. But so I'm a little bit like the 1920s, like a hundred. Yeah. Years. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm. I'm a little bit apprehensive going into this election. Um, okay. I don't want to get too political, but if there is a blue wave, there's going to be some some changes um, that could negatively impact markets. For sure. But the markets and, will start to telegraph that soon if it mm -hmm. believes it's going to happen. But that's the thing. It's like, how much can you trust the polls? Well, right. But the stock market will start to, to do stuff. <laughs> we'll you think see. so? Yeah. yeah. It did in 2016, at least. It was, okay. You know, and that was a much tighter race. So we'll yeah. see. But, you know, anything can happen over the next couple months. That's why um, it's always interesting to be in the stock market around the presidential elections. So, yeah, another, yeah, another thing on top of a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like so yeah. much uncertainty in front of us and stocks are just surging. Right. It's unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Well, let's I'm going to recap the stocks, but um, I'll have you back on when we have some kind of, you know, break in the stock market. And we can talk about like what what everybody's doing once we get like some kind of pullback, if we do. I mean, we yeah. will. Eventually. I always tell people, you know, stocks, trees don't grow to the sky and neither do this, does the stock market. So eventually we will have some kind of pullback and it's healthy to have one. It's yeah. not healthy to keep going up every single day with these big growth names. Mm -hmm. So um, pullbacks are healthy, but let's recap some stocks. Okay, so we talked about Apple, AAPL is the ticker there. Tesla, TSLA, if you still want to get in. 
We talked, uh, mentioned Alphabet, Google, G-O-O-G-L or G-O-O-G. We mentioned AMD, AMD, NVIDIA's NVDA, the silver ETS, ETF is SLVR. That's the easier one to trade, I think, with the R on the end. And then there's the other one, SLV. Um, then Zoom video is ZM. Um, is that it? That's close to most of the things we mentioned, I think. Um, but there's, you know, all the fangs, of course, but most people know the tickers for those. And as always, you want to be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We are in India on Ghana now. So if you're in India, subscribe on Ghana. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're where all the cool kids are hanging out. That's where you can find us. But be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.